Bibi Fahodier, welcome to the African Liberation Media Podcast. Media solely focused on the liberation and empowerment of African people. I'm your host, Gullah Jack, a.k.a. Russell Swilly. Let's get to it. This is Gullah Jack here with Brothers Amos and Macaroo. This is African Liberation Media. The day's date is March 22nd, 6261. You know, just a brief note about the incredible, amazing Marcus Mosai Garvey, head of the UNIA. Incredible vision, Africa for the Africans. Orchestrated the largest movement of black people this side of the continent betrayed once again by an individual hired by the young J. Edgar Gedd Gahoover, as the brother refers to him as. Uh, there seems to be a constant theme here in uh, the African civ- uh, situation, the African reality, of course, that's been captured on cinema. Judases are everywhere. In addition to that, uh, you know, I discovered today, as a matter of fact, that his captain overcharged Marcus Mossad Garvey six times for the purchase of the Black Star Line. You know, suffice it to say, you know, there's been a a crisis in character as it relates to uh, what's needed to really overcome many of the pratfalls and hardships that we are confronted with. At the basis of it all, there has to be a a spiritual uh, infusion. We have to be undergirded by certain characteristics or else you know, we will fall victim to the uh, enticements and the inducements that the European has for us. You know, suffice it to say, you know, there's certain character traits that are absolutely prerequisite. You know, if we are to organize and which is the weapon of oppressed of the oppressed organization is a weapon of oppressed. If we are to move in a direction that would uh, result in us being uh, free, proud, and productive people. This is African Liberation Media. I'm Gullah Jack. Gentlemen, take it where you want to take. Abibi Fahodier, African family. This is Brother Amos here with African Liberation Media. Uh, You know, we have heavy hearts as our heart goes out to our brother, and now great ancestor John Magafuli, uh, president of Tanzania. The last program that we did, we actually talked about John Magafuli and we read an article where there was a person that was arrested for talking about his health status. And we thought that from the reports that the brother was okay, but unfortunately he transitioned uh, last week and he leaves behind a great legacy 
uh, John Magafuli often criticized by Europeans as they would criticize anyone who does anything positive that will benefit African people and not benefit them. But John Magafuli was loyal to Africa. He was loyal to African people. He was against corruption and he stood on his ethical morals and principles as the president and the leader of Tanzania. One of the things that I remember just most recently, last October when he was reelected, there were whispers about him running again, even in the next election. And he dismissed those notions, stating that he wanted to abide by the Tanzanian constitution and only serve two terms as a president should. So we're talking about a brother whose salary was below $50,000, similar to, you know, Thomas Sankara, if we can compare him to any recent African leader who really was against corruption across the board. Uh, you know, Thomas Sankara even forced his people, his officials and other people um, in the government to stop using Mercedes Benzes as the cars for them to travel in. So we're talking about somebody that, you know, put himself before the amount of money that he could have made if he were a corrupt leader like many others are across the continent. And we're talking about somebody who cared about Africans taking advantage of the resources that they should take advantage of because it's on their land. We know the story about Magafuli rejecting the deal from the Chinese over a port and controlling the port for 99 years without having any authorization of being able to tell them what they could do with the port. And in John Magafuli's words, at one point he said, only a madman would sign a deal like this. We know his battle with uh, COVID, not himself having COVID, but just a battle of them trying to push the COVID vaccine and the coronavirus onto the African continent, even though many countries in Africa have not been hit as hard as many other countries in the Western world and in Europe, they were still pushing early treatments and vaccination trials in Africa first, wanting to test it out on African people even before they released it in the US and in other various places around the world. So Magafuli was African-centered and he gave us a leader that we could look to as being similar to many of us, even right here in the diaspora. Somebody that gave us a, a, a glimmer of hope on the African continent as someone who could continue on the legacy left by people like Sekou continue on the legacy left by people like Kwame Ture, continue on the legacy left by people like Robert Mugabe. And even though we don't agree with everything that everybody does, but in the center of all of these leaders, they were you know, African-centered Pan-Africanists who wanted to put Africa first for the African, 
the same way Marcus Garvey wanted to do. And Magafuli, even in his death and being taken out of his development, has left Tanzania in a position where they can continue to carry on the torch of the legacy that he left. And that's what it has to be about. Uh, Dr. Clark once made a statement that said, you know, if you have a great plan, then, you know, you bury the man and you continue to plan. If, if, if the man dies on page 13, then you turn to page 14 and you continue to plan. And that's what we have to do. We have to uplift Michael Foley's name and we keep him living on within us by finishing his works, not by letting the things that he lived for die out. So I just wanted to open up with that. And uh, brother, you can give your comments if you have any. Yeah, the, you know, this sudden death of um, uh, President Magafuli, apparently, according to the official uh, Tanzanian government statement, he had gone to the hospital uh, for some type of a perhaps coronary or heart related condition had been released, but then was suddenly rushed back to the hospital on the 14th and uh, passed, I think the, uh, the next day. So once again, the African world, you know, is in a position where, you know, we don't have many of these people many people like this in positions of leadership. Most, most of the leaders are in Africa are neo-colonial puppets, running dog lackeys of North Atlantic imperialism, interested in only their uh, own self-enrichment, self-aggrandizement, while the masses of their people suffer and they, they stay in power for years. I see that the, um, corrupt president of the Republic of Congo. This is uh, Congo Brazzaville, not the uh, Democrat Re Democratic Republic of the Congo, is uh, trying to, uh, is running again to be reelected. I think he's been in office something like 36 years. Uh, you know, th th this is what we have on the African continent. And it wouldn't necessarily be a problem because first of all let's 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 say this uh so-called democracy particularly in the united states is a farce it's what baba omawali malcolm x called disguised hypocrisy american democracy is nothing but disguised hypocrisy so it it doesn't it doesn't serve as a as a model for anyone to emulate uh you know it's a corrupt two-party system that does everything possible to keep other parties, uh, you know, from running. I, I they, they, there's uh, legislation in the in actually in the the uh, the new uh, stimulus bill that makes it more difficult for third parties to uh, operate to get matching funds. See, they they put they, they they crowd everything they can into these bills, and everybody's focused on the headlines. And then, and then, and then, when you get down into the guts, you find all kinds of things that are that are destructive and detrimental, and things that are designed to keep the two-party system uh, running. 
And just because they uh, have elections every four years doesn't necessarily mean anything because basically, you know, it's, it's not the individual, as our brother Jamil El Amin told us back in 19, uh, you know, 68, 69. You know, it's, 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 it's a system. And so they just fit an individual into the system. Now, an individual may have uh, some leeway to, uh, you know, get uh, certain things across, like Obamacare, for example. But basically, the job of the American president is to run the American empire, to keep it running smoothly. And that's what happens from one president to the next. So, it, so it's not a model. So I'm not saying that, you know, if you had a guy like, say, Thomas Sankara, and he stayed and he, you know, uh, was elected the president of uh, Bikini Faso, you know, for 30 years. And he's moving the country forward towards uh, self-determination. That wouldn't be a problem. So we that that's not the issue. The issue is that these these people are, are power hungry. Uh, you know, the leaders of countries like Cameroon, Paul B.R., for example, uh, Paul Kagame in Rwanda, uh, who doesn't even allow any kind of opposition whatsoever. You try to run for office in, in Rwanda, you get locked up. <laughs> but Rwanda is the darling of, uh, of the North Atlantic imperialists. They love him. Um, so so when, when we get someone like, uh, like John Magafuli, for example, what we hope is that the party which has essentially been in power, uh, you know, since uh, Tanzania got its independence in 1961 under the Limu Julius Nyeri, we hope that they have developed uh, like-minded leadership that will continue the projects and keep, uh, you know, Tanzania moving uh, in the direction, you know, that uh, that it was moving in under him, uh, particularly his his, his massive. Um, infrastructure development uh you know the the the, the, the movement of the uh, capital to a new location because it doesn't make any sense for african people to just be crowding into these cities you know this is a recipe for disaster i mean lagos nigeria is i mean it, it's bursting at the seams you know what you need is more development of of the countryside so that people are spread out not not crammed into cities that that are that are not sustainable, and so uh, the you know the development of new ports, highways, and those kinds of things. Uh, per the constitution of the country, uh, Magafuli's vice president, uh, Samia Saluhu Hassan, uh, who was actually a native of the island of Zanzibar, she was born in Zanzibar, January twenty seventh. Uh, 1960, about four years before the Zanzibar Revolution, uh, you know, we hope that uh, the sister, she's affectionately known in Tanzania as Mama Samia. We hope that she will will, will continue uh, the direction. I just read just a little bit about her, uh, you know, this from BBC, and and we know, you know, what their angle is. First elected as Magafuli's running mate in 2015. She was reelected last year along with him. And according to the Constitution, she should serve out the rest of his five year term. So Mag Magafuli was just uh, elected, just reelected. And 
he has he has a five-year term so she's supposed to serve out the rest of the term she becomes africa's only current female national leader now uh, ethiopia has a female president but that's a largely ceremonial position the 61 year old is officially as i said is mama samia in tanzanian culture that reflects the respect she's held in rather than reducing her to a gendered role you know it's a it's when someone is referred to as a mama in african uh, society like you know we uh, francis chris welsing and uh marimba Ani, uh fanny lou hamer ella joe baker people, we refer to them as mama uh queen mother moore you know she had her own title because of what she represented from being in the struggle from the garvey era all the way through i saw her at the million man march 1995 and that was a tremendous on them but i had first seen her at the congress of african people in 1970 uh tremendous uh warrior sister like you know winnie madikazila mandela uh so we hope this sister uh carries on hassan was a surprise choice for running mate in 2015 leaping over uh more prominent politicians in the chamaja mapinduzi uh, party this the ccm party which has been in power in one form or another since independence in 1961 so i have got to believe that uh president magafuli chose this sister uh because he saw in her someone that would carry on his programs that's what i that's what i i, I have to believe that i mean i I have to I have to believe that until proven otherwise. Okay, so uh, you know we going we going to uh, you know keep uh, you know keep our eyes uh, and ears and you know on this situation. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully uh, the the jihadist movement that is affecting uh, northeastern Mozambique, which borders uh, Tanzania, doesn't overflow into Tanzania and you know start causing problems there uh but i was just uh you know thinking you know when i when i heard about the sister uh i, I thought back to the zanzibar revolution and uh many of us uh, became aware i mean i wasn't aware of it when it took place but during my uh, studies of malcolm x uh probably beginning in earnest around say maybe 19 70 or somewhere in that time frame i i i came across the name uh abdul rahman babu who uh was uh one of the uh revolutionaries uh leaders of the zanzibar revolution and he had a very close relationship with baba omar wali malcolm x and um when uh malcolm uh invited him to uh speak at one of the uh, oaau programs so anybody that has a relationship a close relationship with baba omar wally uh you know particularly you know during the time frame when he was trying to gain some footing trying to establish an organization pushing a, another direction after being uh, freed from the constraints of the nation of islam uh and he had this relationship and, he, and these two guys they, they seem to just have a genuine revolutionary friendship. I don't know how much 
of the spirit of revolution on the island of Zanzibar. You know, they kicked the Arabs out. They said they got to go, man. You know, we've been dominated by these people for centuries. They got to go. They had a sultanate there on the island of Zanzibar and they got rid of them. Okay. So, uh, it, you know, it was a, it, it, it was a beautiful thing. And, uh, you know, uh, brother Babu and uh, brother Malcolm had a great relationship. And once again here, what, what kind of potential there existed, you know, had, uh, had Malcolm not been taken out of his development, you know, what, uh, who knows, you know, exactly how, you know, these revolutionary brothers would have been able to solidify uh, and, and, and move us closer to liberation. So, you know, that's uh, that's what uh, my perspective is on it. I'm not dealing in the uh, conspiracy theories or all of the uh, North Atlantic propaganda about, uh, you know, COVID-19 and, and, all, and, and all these kinds of things. Uh, you know, I, I think I, whether you're on the African continent or wherever, I think you need to be doing everything you can to, to protect yourself to make sure that, uh, you know, you are, you are not uh, opening yourself up to something that's airborne like that. But um, that, that being said, you know, we just, we're just going to keep, uh, keep eyes on this situation and hope that uh, President Hassan keeps moving the country forward. Well, rest in power, brother Magafuli, uh, brother Elgin Baylor, uh, former middleweight champion, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, who transitioned suddenly. Uh, Dr. Teray told us many years ago that you need organization. And then secondly, you need ideology and the members of the organization have to adhere to the ideology. You know, even if you disagree with the ideological approach, what's necessary is organizational discipline. You know, he told us on repeated occasions that there were instances when he disagreed with the ideology put forth by SNCC, but he served as one of the hardest workers once an ideological direction had been established, perhaps over a period of time, he felt he could show them the error of their ways or they could show him the error of his ways. You know, this requires a, a level of maturity, you know, to exist in these organizations and not be disruptive. You know, oftentimes we are saddled by ego you know, if we don't have our way adhered to, we want to quit the organization and join another organization or we become disruptive within the organization itself. You know, just some characteristics that uh, we have to inculcate ourselves with, you know, if organization is to survive. You know, once again, you know, we, we say that organization, he told us this is the weapon of the oppressed. Organization allows you to continue your work perpetually. Arche. Arche, Arche. Yes, sir. Yeah, speaking on speaking on the subject of uh being taken out of of our development, which which has been a continuous theme. Uh, for African people from 1441 
forward, 1441 being the date that um, Prince Henry the Navigator sent some sent his navy uh, down the uh, coast of Africa and you know, they took the first uh, 10 enslaved Africans from, from uh, that part of Africa back to Europe. Uh, we know that the uh, Trans-Sahara slave, uh, uh, slave trade uh, had been taking place many years prior to that. You know, that was being organized by Arabs. But, uh, you know, we've been continuously, our, our organizations, our leaders, our nations, have been taken out of their development and uh, a, a devastating event uh, took place on the African continent uh, 10 years ago. March 19th, 2011 was the date that uh, NATO led by the evil triplets, Barack Obama, Nicolas Sarkozy, the corrupt French politician and David Cameron of the United Kingdom launched the, their war of aggression on sovereign Libya and the reverberations continue across Africa today. Now, Libya uh, uh, was not, was an, was a nation on the African continent, uh, but it was not an African nation uh, because it was primarily led by people who were uh, Islamicized uh, Berbers or Arabs, but the leader of the country uh, who, uh, certainly was a very controversial figure and did uh, a, a number of things that, uh, that, that, that we questioned, uh, you know, like his invasion of Chad, for example, uh, Muammar Gaddafi had apparently after being rejected by the Arab world, literally laughed at by people like uh, Assad, who now <laughs> is no longer laughing <laughs> because bombs are raining down on him. Uh, was a, attempting to turn towards Africa and 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 do some developmental things. Uh, you know, I don't agree with these African leaders naming him the King of Kings and all this kind of stuff. I don't consider him to be a Pan-Africanist, even you know the issues we have with the word itself, because he's not he was not an African. He could believe in continental unity, and he was certainly making some moves, particularly in terms of finances trying to establish a single currency on the continent, uh, trying to put satellites into uh, orbit so that Africans wouldn't have to be paying Europe for telecommunications, uh, the uh, great man-made waterway uh, that would have been uh, beneficial. And of course, uh, Libya being the most prosperous continent, had the highest standard of living on the African continent, was providing jobs for a lot of impoverished Africans in, uh, in other parts of West Africa. And it was take, and the country was taken out of its development and it's been, uh, it's, it's been absolutely devastating for other countries in Africa as the uh, jihadists, uh, Islamicists who uh, were uh, assisted by NATO. NATO was primarily, was their air force and then they were the ground forces. Uh, but you know, when, <laughs> When, when you got someone firing uh, cruise missiles for you every day, uh, you know, who can't win a war under those conditions, particularly in a desert, you know, not like fighting in the uh, jungles of Vietnam. But, uh, you know, that, uh, that event uh, set in motion, like I said, reverberations, because today 
we see uh, the spread of uh, uh, this, you know, Islamic insurgencies and acts of terrorism in uh, Mali, Burkina Faso, Niger, Mali, Nigeria, Cameroon, and it's just a matter of time before other countries, Cote d'Ivoire, Senegal, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Benin, Togo, uh, you know, are uh, impacted, you know, by this. So once again, you know, African people uh, suffering as a result of the actions of the uh, tribes of the North Atlantic uh, working in their interest to maintain their global hegemony, particularly domination of the African continent, which is the most valuable landmass on the planet. And, uh, you know, we just uh, you wanted to, uh, you know, make a note of that, that, you know, it's been 10 years since uh, NATO launched that war of aggression. Yeah, it's interesting. When you look historically, you also see that it's been religion, uh, both Christianity and Islam, that have played those types of negative roles and influences on African leaders in the African continent. And with the jihadist aspect of it, it's not, not just necessarily Islam, because you have, of course, the Western fact factors of them planting these type of people to uh, perform this type of insurgency. Um, but there has been issues with just overall these different Abrahamic religions influencing African people for the negative. Mm -hmm. And um, ultimately in obtaining African liberation, that's gonna be one of the things that we're gonna have to deal with is the influence of these religions that it has on the African itself. Because in most cases, it breeds a lot of self-hatred against your African um, existence. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, you know, when, <laughs> when you, when you look at it, you know, what can the believers and, you know, now, first of all, I'm not a religious person. When I say that, I'm not associated with any of the world's organized or institutionalized religions. I, do, I believe in religious tolerance. I mean, these things, they, they're not going away. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think people have a right to worship in whatever context they choose. In my opinion, it's not so much the theology, it's the ethics. And that is, how do people treat each other as human beings on a, on a, on a daily basis and religion, uh, you know, you could say uh, you take Christianity beginning with Constantine, for example, has been a, a tool for political and economic domination. There's just no other way to look at it. That's what it, that's what it has been. Uh, but for, for an African person, I don't know how, how could you look at that, what, you know, those things that you believe in and look for results in terms of what has it done in terms of li the liberation and empowerment of African people, you know, compared to uh, the traditional uh, spiritual beliefs of uh, the Nile Valley civilizations, uh, which stood for over 3,000 years. 
and African people walk the earth as free, proud, productive, prosperous, and powerful people, believing in uh, beliefs that they that they created themselves. Okay, based on their understanding of you know the uh, the spiritual world, and they saw it as a as a seamless uh, you know connection the spiritual world, the natural world, right? And, uh, you know, the physical world. So, I mean, it's so, that's, it's, it's, it's just amazing to me. Uh, I attended a rally Saturday called Tears for Quay. Uh, it was organized by a group of, of women called uh, Angels of No Mercy. And these are uh, primarily uh, sisters, uh, mothers, grandmothers, aunts, cousins who have lost loved ones, primarily young black males, to uh, community violence. And uh, uh, this particular rally was primarily organized by uh, uh, Miss Jackie Lewis, who uh, was Sinquay's mother, and she and Sinquay are both relatives of my children, uh, you know, through uh, uh, my friend and now former wife. Uh, but the thing that struck me, uh, you know, Sinquay was killed on December 23rd, 2020, just a few yards uh, from his mother's uh, uh, front door. Uh, by two young black males, one age 20 and one age 16, uh, both who, are, you know, now have been arrested. So, you know, the destruction is just, it's all the way around. Uh, at every rally like this that I attend, I hear mothers and grandmothers of children killed by community violence making a valid point and raising a legitimate question. Our children's lives matter as much as those lives taken unjustifiably by law enforcement. Where is the mass outrage for these lives? You can hear the pain in the voices of these uh, mothers and grandmothers. Uh, while I was there, I talked to um, the grandmother of a 17-year-old uh, young uh, sister who was shot five times uh, sitting in a car on Bettysburg Road and, uh, you know, by a young Hispanic. Uh, and so there's no outrage, but, you know, you if you have a situation where, you know, there's a killing by the police, folks are, you know, people are ready to go downtown and do whatever. So, when I when I when I hear when I hear the pain in these sisters' voices, you know I can't help but think about how hypocritical the slogan "Black Lives Matter" is, because you know what what it what it is, because all of the focus is just on one group of people whose lives are being taken and not others. It's a reflection, in my opinion, of a Eurocentric fragmented thinking versus African-centered holistic thinking. And what, what, it, what it has done, this slogan, 
has uh, actually made the the founders, uh, the originators of the slogan, uh, very rich people. You know, part of the uh, nonprofit uh, industrial network. I think they call it. Uh, the Black Lives Matter Network took in $90 million. Their expenses were only $8 million. Huh. Uh, in December, uh, about 10 uh, chapters decided that they were no longer going to uh, you know, op operate as part of the Black Lives Matter Network because the network has not been on it in terms of its uh, financial uh, you know, reporting. What has happened uh, under under pressure from these uh, organizations? They have decided that uh, they would give. Uh, I think somewhere in the neighborhoods of they've committed to give twenty one million dollars away. And check this out, brother Amos. So they they supposed to be giving twenty one of the uh, of the ninety million away. The, their expenses were just over eight million, so that leaves eighty. 82, 81 million, somewhere in that neighborhood. So they're going to give away another 20 million, which means they're still sitting on 60 million. They uh, committed to give, uh, I think they identified like 30 organizations. 23 of the organizations are led by queers. And so. It's 23 out of how many? 23 of the 30. <laughs> 23, 23 of the 30. And so, and so to me, this, this, this is what has made this thing a farce. And these people who started this are, are nothing more than pimps like Iceberg Slim. I don't, I don't, I don't know any, 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 any other way to describe it. And I, I personally think these other organizations that really stop using the slogan and come up with their own slogan and whatever, uh, you know, uh, to, to rally under. And you know, just let them carry on with their farce and and, and sit around and 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 hope uh you know wait for some someone like George Floyd or Breonna Taylor or someone to be killed so they can so they can you know jump back, you know, uh, you know, in front of the television camera and claim to claim they're doing something. But you know, there were probably about 25 people at the rally that uh my daughter and I attended Saturday. And uh, Sheriff McFadden, Gary McFadden, I, I got to give Mac, Gary McFadden credit. I, I, I know he has a tough job. But one thing I'll say about Gary McFadden, it, it doesn't matter if there are two or three people there. If you call him, he will come. And, you know, he'll bring his deputies, uh, you know, you know, because they, they got to come watch, watch the sheriff. But then watching the sheriff, they're watching the people also. And so he was there with probably about uh, maybe five of his deputies and, uh, you know, probably about 20 other people that were there. And, you know, it uh, in, in, in terms of numbers, the numbers are small, but the people who are engaging, you know, in uh, they, these, these support groups that they found because they said, you know, if 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 we who if those of us who have lost our young uh, sons and daughters, if we don't support each other, no one else will. But if we stay in the fight, if we stay in the fight, keep moving. You know, we believe that you know 
that we will, you know, build, you know, a support base. And so, you know, this is where I go uh, uh, to these rallies uh, to 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 support these these ladies uh, and just just to show, you know, hey, look, somebody cares. Somebody does care. And, you know, even if we're in Harriet Tubman mode, there's only a, a small group of us, uh, you know, uh, small acts were multiplied by many, as Howard Zinn said, you know, can uh, move mountains. So, you know, that's what it is. But 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 what I hear and 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 they will say it, they will say, you know, uh, where's all of the outrage when my son gets gunned down? Where's the outrage? And I just think it's hypocritical. It's absolutely hypocritical for us not to put put the focus on all of our lives that are being lost. Because with all of these lives that are being lost, we're losing a tremendous amount of potential. And not only that, we are having a tremendous problem uh, after the age 18 with too many females and not enough males. And that's another, and 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 that is another problem. So you know that's why programs like the Males Place are so important. This is one reason why sisters and mothers should be supporting programs like that because you want your daughters to have someone to to develop a relationship with, and you need people that are building strong black men, you know, morally grounded strong black men, in order to build to build our families. In other words, we won't be able to continue to build our families. So that's why everyone has a vested interest. You know, when, when, a, when a Sinque Farah or, uh, you know, Pharrell Bradley or, you know, other people uh, are killed, uh, Kendall Crank, 27 years old, on, on her way to school after work, riding out Tryon Street, a bunch of fools engaged in a gun a fight and she gets hit by a stray bullet. Beautiful 27-year-old sister trying to go to school after work. Okay. So I mean, this is what we're losing. And you know, we got to be better than that. We got we we have got to we have got to be involved and 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 we need to be expressing absolute moral outrage, you know when uh, these lives, these young lives are taken, uh, you know, there was a shooting at the, uh, at the mall uh, yesterday, people firing wildly in a mall and they had the mother of uh, this, uh, this, uh, this lady, she lost her 14 year old daughter, a beautiful young black girl was hit by a stray bullet at the same mall last uh, December. We gotta, we gotta be better folks. We gotta, we got to be better. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a reason why straight black pride called Black Lives Matter, Gay Lives Matter years ago. <laughs> you know, you got people who created the organization who were queer. So it, it makes sense to me that they would donate the majority of their money to organizations within their group sure. that are ran by. Uh, homosexuals and lesbians and transgenders and pedophiles and whoever. Mm. But I think we have to ask a question, where is the genocide taking place the most? And oftentimes we're shown police brutality 
and you know we get emotionally outraged as we should about these officers killing black people and 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 not us not receiving any justice about it but it's similar to you know the way that they make us focus on the holocaust mm-hmm. you know we, we we know about the holocaust based on the holocaust but not too many people know about king leopold and how he killed 10 million people african people in the congo exactly if the same attention that's put on these police officers killing black people was put on black people killing black people in the media would the outrage be the same would the outrage be the same and that's a serious question we have to ask ourselves and look in the mirror and say we gotta want to stop that just as much as we want to stop the injustice from these police officers in our community because when you compare the numbers it's not even close not even close at the amount of deaths caused by black on black violence and we know the cause for it yeah, so i'm not all on black people right but what i'm saying is that we still have to want to solve that issue as much as we as much as we want police reform we need to also be talking about reforming our own community exactly so that we can stop this violence from taking place exactly to answer your question brother emphatically no you know if a black kills a white they want a lynching or an electrocution you know white kills a black we want to march black on black does a permissiveness as if it's all right Uh you know so your rhetorical question can be answered with an emphatic no uh because just like the european we devalue uh black life uh opting instead for perhaps the sensationalism or the possibility of uh tapping into some type of financial large largesse whatever the situation is but yes all crimes should be classified as hate crimes you know and at some point we have to come up with a methodology to end the madness Uh, you know the problem is always easy to identify but then the solutions you know (laughs) one of the reasons I don't deal with the final call, you know, because, you know, to quote brother Amos Wilson, always, he didn't say it. I'm saying, and I'm paraphrasing. It deals with the, you know, the latest crimes inflicted by the European, you know, just on and on perpetually. It can be almost numbing. Check, check this least. out almost. Check this out. There was, there was a we know that there was a there was a there was a mass killing by a, a european who uh claimed that you know that was his way to cure his sex addiction uh oh, but, but, but but prior prior to that he was like deep into his church in georgia uh and so uh i guess six uh, uh asians were killed or whatever and there's been a lot of uh asian violence words do matter words absolutely matter um and uh you know with um you know trump talking about the uh, kung flu and the wuhan virus and the you know these kinds of things words do matter but check this out 
A Black Lives Matter group, uh, I think in New York, had a mass protest, uh, you know, uh, for the, uh, the, the Asians that were killed in Georgia. And I thought, I thought about that, you know, when I, when I was writing this, this thing that to, to, uh, today, uh, uh, you know, about, uh, tears for Quay, I said, you know, and, and I'm saying, you know, that, Hey, you have a right if you want, if, if you want to protest, you know, uh, you know, for other people or whatever, you know, uh, don't forget, uh, um, was the name uh jack uh got killed 30 years ago uh latasha harlins latasha right. harlins killed by the korean uh you know in los angeles um but you are out protesting how many black people have been killed in your city in in and, and you didn't even print a leaflet for a stand on a corner or a hold a sign up or anything, but then you can you can go protest for some other people that got killed in Georgia. <laughs> I mean, it's absurd, man. The, men, the, 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 the mentality is absurd. Yeah, I mean, it's what wherever wherever they point, they tell you that's where you're gonna go. And you're gonna you're gonna shoot. It's just like the military. They point and you go shoot. So when the media comes out with a story, that's what people get behind. Yeah. But if nobody covers the story, if nobody puts it in the paper or or, or, or on TV or on YouTube or social media, then people don't rally behind that. Exactly. You know, and it it, it reminded me also of you know, when there was the mass killing at uh, Stoneman Douglas High School in Florida and the Obamas came out uh, talking about telling the children, we got your back, we got your back. Eight years in the White House, hundreds of black children gunned down in Chicago. They ain't said not one time we got the backs of the black children that were being killed in Chicago. And so... You know, I think you 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 raise a valid point almost on how this how the media wants to keep the attention focused on where uh, the the less damage is being done. Mm -hmm. They obviously, as Amos Wilson pointed out, you know, black on black violence. And I know a lot of people have issues, you know, with the phrase. But I'm saying if you don't like the phrase, changing the name is not going to stop the problem. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Amos said, you know, that that. That there that that is a they are political and economic reasons why you know this is allowed to take place, and so there's a vested interest. See, this is this is a win-win for the white supremacy dynamic because of the number of young black males who are either being killed or incarcerated. It is a win-win for them. And you know it's absurd that, that that we can't see the necessity for developing you know a, a mass movement to confront it. Yeah, if if it wasn't so much black violence against black people, black people being killed by black people, or black people being killed by abortion, there's no way that the Hispanics would have surpassed black people in population in this country. No way. 
black people's population has been stuck on 49 million for how many years now mm. it's been almost three decades well yeah and not and not only that i think uh one of the things you know and 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 begin they blamed it on the 2008 recession uh but i don't think they explored the impact uh i know there was one study that was done that uh, said between uh from 1980 to 2000 a period of about 25 years over a hundred thousand black males were killed in wow. this country one hundred thousand okay mm. and so now uh the uh the replacement rate the bl- the birth replacement rate okay each woman needs to give birth to about 2.0 children in order to replace the number of people who are dying that the african american replacement rate uh was well above that for years now it has actually enough uh children it, it you you might think oh man look at all these children you might think that we are but when you actually look at the statistics you know our birth rate you know, rate across the entire world has been declining for years and they got to figure out a way for other people's rates to come down okay and so now the black replacement rate is dropping beneath 2.0. I'm talking about here in the United States. Now, thank God, you know, uh, we, we're still producing a lot of children on the African continent, uh, you know, which is all an, another reason why we meet, we, you know, we have to have a global African perspective. Well, I mean, uh, it's just that they haven't, they haven't totally disrupted Africa yet with all of the westernized uh, ways of life that they have with black people here you don't have the higher levels of uh pornography you don't have the higher levels of um homosexuality you don't have the high levels of degeneracy that really make people not reproduce mm-hmm. and i think that that that's one of their goals is to push that on africa and, and one of the main things over everything is the pornography aspect mm-hmm. you know they push they push pornography because it's it's the gateway to um a lot of degenerate behaviors yeah and the and the other the other thing is uh there was a report today about the uh uh, uh, uh falling uh the, the sperm count in males along with the the shrinking of uh, their organs uh is is being affected by the, the 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 mass amount of chemicals you know in the food the water and the air in 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 the united states and europe and in and, and some and other developed countries and so africa has not been affected by that uh you know also so you you see you know in, in a lot in a lot of instances you know people are actually you know, having sex, but 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 the uh, the sperm counts of the male, the males uh, is so low that you know is they're not able to fertilize the eggs, you know, of the women. So that so that that's another factor, uh, the masses the massive amount of chemicals in the food, the air, and the water, you know, in these countries it hasn't yet affected Africa, but they're using Africa as a dumping ground 
for all kinds of stuff in uh in these countries so this has been another edition of africa liberation media you can find us on social media you can also visit our website africaliberationmedia.com and you can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast until next time a bb power or the lack of power i want to repeat this power or the lack of power if your education in this institution is not about gaining real power not job because your jobs do not represent power not getting elected that does not represent power either you are buying your houses and fine clothes does not represent power if it is not about real power you are being miseducated and misled and you will die educated and misled if your study of black history is merely an exercise in feeling good about yourself then you will die feeling good the study of history then must be more than the pumping up of your self-esteem and the pumping up of your pride. Those things are important, but ultimately those things are not the means by which we will save ourselves as people in this world. 